What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. I've got a great episode in store for you today uh, and a whole bunch of fun stuff coming down the line. And this is all made possible by my good friends at KEH Camera, the world's largest buyer and seller of used camera equipment. You know, I just love their mission to make photography more accessible to everyone by selling certified, fully warranted used camera gear. Their collection of gear is insane, ranging from vintage film equipment to some of the latest DSLRs in the market. Uh, they got it all, and it's all up to 40% off of retail value. So it's really easy to find the camera that fits your needs with KEH Camera. I recently had the opportunity to upgrade my own gear, and they made it so easy. Uh, I talked to a gear expert and who's also a photographer, which is amazing. Like, How often do you get to talk to somebody who also is a photographer online? And I uh, was able to pick out the perfect gear, and they worked with me. Um, to kind of understand what my needs were, what I was trying to do. You know, I talked about the podcast, you know, potentially starting a YouTube channel, headshots, all this different stuff. And they were able to work with me to put together a kit that perfectly met my needs. And uh, over the last couple of months, I've been using it with my personal freelance clients, um, with my friends and family. And it has been so exciting to dive back into photography. And, you know, with this new gear from KEH, I really feel, feel like there are no limits as to what I could do. So, you know, I'll be documenting that in the coming months. Be sure to check them out at KEH.com and use my code ROBJ11 to save 5% off your first purchase. Once again, that's ROBJ11 at KEH.com and you'll save 5% off your first purchase. And without further ado, here's the show. Yo. Yo, Jordan Empty, this this right here is crazy. I, I, I feel big, you know what I mean? Like, not, not big in the sense of weight, you know what I mean? Like, gaining weight or nothing like that. Like, colossal, like, you know what I mean? Like, <sighs> I heard you were looking for me. Back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. Today I am joined by Anna Fine. So you've been a design director at RGA, at Droga5, and had an amazing career thus far. So tell me about how you first started out before all of this. Like when, when was the first time you knew you were creative? And then we'll take it from there. The interesting thing is I've, I've always been creative. I've always been someone who like would draw a lot and was always like one of the better students in like my art classes and like elementary school and whatnot. But I wanted to be a genetic engineer. Um, I, oh I guess God. one might argue. <laughs> I know one might argue that it's very ambitious. Like, um, it well, it's it, in a way it's designing DNA, true. right? Like it's, it's so it's it kind of has a creative um, undertone to it. But uh, I was just fascinated by both the uh, creation as well as the ethics of uh, genetics. And, um, so that up until I was about 15, that was kind of the goal. Um, and then, uh, I took organic chemistry, uh, in my high school and I sucked at it. Oh no! <laughs> I was so bad at it. And, um, I'm, I was sitting in the car with my mom and she was like, and I'm telling her, you know, how much I'm, I'm not doing well. And she was just like, Anna, why do you want to be a genetic engineer? You're outgoing. You hate routine. And you you like to you like challenges and none of that is going to be applicable in right. a laboratory setting. Yeah. She's like, if anything, you're going to end up being like the face of the PR department for a science firm. Right. And I was like, that's not what I want. Right. And she was like, why don't you why don't you do art? Like you've always loved art. And I kind of laughed. I was like, mom, you can't make a career out of art. 
and fast forward a decade and <laughs> oh I was in a career with art. So um, that's kind of how I fell into it. I went to Pratt for pre-college uh, and then I went to SVA for college college. What was the and, major at SVA? Uh, I was primarily advertising, but technically with the way that SVA does their majors, it's like um, you can be multiples even if you're not like fully in enveloped in it. So I right. was uh, advertising design and interaction. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. So Already making a great resume. You're not even out of college yet. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, it was, it was cool because like uh, having that diverse experience um, and the fact that like I was pretty broke, to be honest. Right. So I was working two or three jobs at a time. So I was gaining so much experience and then having such a di diverse um, education that by the time I, I was in my senior year, I already had a full-time job. So um, from there, uh, long story short, I've, I've lived multiple lives. Um, I started out as an art director. I was at Anomaly in New York um, for uh, a while as, a, as working on Google. And I did like the Android Wear launch um, back nice. when material design first kind of became like a thing. Yeah. Was an art director, did that thing. And then I got a phone call from Google and was like, hey, girl, uh, we're doing this thing called 30 weeks where we help designers become entrepreneurs. Uh, do you want to do it? How do I get that and phone call? I, like, I want that phone call. <laughs> Everyone's talking I, about Google calling. I want Google call me. You know, I'm just it was honestly, I, you know, you know, those days where you wake up and you're like, this is an average day. And then like the most extraordinary, unbelievable thing happens. And you're like, what, what karma points did I just spend? Right. You know, yeah. um, that was one of those. I may never calls. be happy again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. That happens a lot. I had that happen with the podcast. First time I went to Facebook, yeah. I felt that way. I got back on that Uber and I was like, well, I'll probably never be happy again. That was probably it. <laughs> <laughs> probably just wrap this yeah, thing up. But it's, it's amazing. And I, with, like you know karma points in the in the enigmatic sense like it's it's amazing that instead instead of everyone thinks you have to like build towards it and then you build them up but actually it's it's like um centrifugal force like you, you once you get the momentum going you kind of just keep accruing karma points and that's uh, that's honestly networking yeah right like exactly once you get this that's a going, brilliant point like, yeah i love that it's so true that's kind of what ended up happening was I, uh, I went to, I, I accepted the offer. I quit my job at Anomaly. 10 days later, I was at this Google thing. Um, and I, it was essentially an eight month program that was like, a, would have been a two year master's program at right. like a business school. Wow. So it was like the craziest, most stressful, most rewarding thing I've ever done for sure. Um, uh, it was I'm stressed so out just hearing that. That sounds like so crazy. I feel like I, I would <laughs> yeah. do horribly. I'm not academic in that sense. I think that people well, would assume it, that I'm like ambitious and stuff, but I'm not, I don't think that I could do something that was like so intense, but I admire people that like that, that could though. Well, it, it's not, it wasn't like, it wasn't like you were, you know, sitting in a classroom and like, it, here's the type of growth hacking strategy one might apply to a startup. Like right. that's not how it was. It was like, it was designed for designers. Right. So it was like, okay. When yeah, you what happens at these things? Like if you're in a situation like that, like a boot camp kind of thing, like what does that look yeah. like? On a superficial level, it's, it was eight months of Ted talks from like the best people you could possibly hear from. Right. So I, but like, that matters. That definitely like, you know, matters. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, if, if, if anything else, it was an incredible networking opportunity because you met some of the, like, I met the founders of Giphy, of Casper, of Etsy, what? of 
Um, I like I met some amazing people from IDEO, Frog Design, um, Red Antler, like just incredibly talented, awesome people, most of whom I've kept in touch with. So like in that sense alone, it was an incredible opportunity. Yeah. Um, I love uh, Casper. I just, you just reminded me, I'm going to have somebody from Casper on the podcast. Let me know if you know anyone over nice. there. Yeah. I have a Casper mattress uh, and I want another one. I want like the nicest one they have in exchange for a podcast. If you're listening from Casper, <laughs> if you send me the <laughs> nicest mattress you have, I'll have anyone you plug. want. This is what's cool about you being freelance is that I could just like shamelessly self promote on this episode. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Uh, and if you, if you can uh, hang, uh, wrangle it, uh, can you get me a Casper mattress as well? Just yeah. like, you know, and one for I'll, Anna too. Like one for Anna. Okay. Ship it out to LA. <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, free, so, free plug for Casper mattresses. This is not an ad. Go. Wouldn't it be so funny if this was like just like a really like well played product like a placement, submersive ad? Like yeah. you wouldn't even recognize that it's an ad right now. Right, and then we like joked around about it being an ad, but it's not. But it's not, and That's I want really the mattress. Meta. Yeah, right. That's really meta. I'm gonna yeah. try and do that. Casper mattress. Let me know if you want to, you know, make this happen. <laughs> They're amazing, by the really way. They really are. This is a free plug. They're fantastic. It changed my life. It made me a happier person. I'm all about utility and making the world a better place, and Casper is doing that. Speaking of which, their in-store experience is phenomenal. Yeah. This is, okay. this is way too much free advertising for Casper. Okay. Sorry. Our, sorry. Our, We're our going back. Our are sealed okay. until our mattresses arrive at our houses. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. We're back. We're back. Okay. This is exactly where I wanted this podcast to go. People don't understand. The first time that, that we met on the phone, we literally like were nonstop talking and I knew we'd be like best friends. So it's good. Yep. And okay. we are. Continue with your it's epic story. Time. I'm going to allow uh, this episode I, I to go all over the place. I don't know if it's epic, but <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so then, um, yeah. So the, the basically 30 weeks is a, uh, um, a combination of like the first 15 weeks, you learned about UX, you learned about product design, you learned about, um, brand strategy. We did anything from qualitative and quantitative research for uh, our like users, as well as like market research, um, to things like tr uh, that uh, lends itself to trendscapes. So like, it, it was honestly that piece of it was probably the most crucial education for me and what I do, mm -hmm. um, because it was it was the the analytical crossover between what I do as a creative person and how I communicate with non-creative people right. um, and justify what I do. So that was really fascinating. Um, and then the second half of the 15 weeks was essentially the, the business growth hacking pitch decks. Like the, they essentially teach you uh, and groom you how to uh, make yourself and your company marketable. And so a lot of that came with the this. more, <laughs> do they yeah. still do this program? Like, how do I, where I do I sign up? Ended it, they ended it a few years ago. Um, I wish they did. I think it was, it was, I mean, it was a startup idea for startups in, right. a, in a way. Um, well, the creative I, lab I, has that one though. The creative lab has, um, there's like some name for it. I forget what it's called, but the it's Google. Five. Yeah. Was it Google five? Yeah. So, so this 30 weeks was run out of creative lab. Oh, okay, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's like two, there's two programs. There's Google five, which is like five people that kind of work throughout Google and experience all the different um, teams and the different types of work that Google does, which right. is I, the most incredible program. If you can, if you can be one of those people. Yes. That's goals uh, right there. Right. But, but I know I'm not, but that's what, that's what I'm saying is that how did you do this so young? Cause I know that I'm like not ready for that. 
Like, I, like I wouldn't even like apply to it because I feel I would get like run over. Like, was there ever a moment where you where you were like in this situation and you were just like, what the fuck am I doing here? And how am I going to survive with all of this talent around me? I don't belong here, and I've made a terrible decision. Did that happen? Because oh I feel God. like that would definitely so- happen to me day one, like freaking out. <laughs> It's like yeah, well, crying so in an elevator. Many, I don't know. Many times, like I, there it, it that's there's twofold to what you just asked. Like the first is, yes, there was a moment where I was like, "Holy shit, what did I just get myself into?" I'm like, at the time, I'm I'm 24 years old. Oh, I have no business starting a business, like, right. but I want to, and I so like it was, and honestly. The, the theme throughout my career is me just saying yes to things that I'm absolutely not ready for. Um, and it was like, it was just me being like, okay, I know I, I there are, there are three truths to, to who I am. And that is that I, I'm a fast learner. I'm a quick study. Um, I will work my ass off if I believe in it. And, um, I, uh, I know that, um, if I, cannot complete something if there's something that I'm missing I will do whatever it takes to find that thing that I'm missing or or make up for what I'm lacking right so when I, I take believe you on- this is crazy <laughs> <laughs> you. you can't see it right now because it's just audio but her intensity in saying that was like oh my Sorry. god this girl is the truth <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so it, it it was knowing that though like I I would say yes to things that I wasn't ready for um Right. Or at least mentally, I didn't think I was ready for it. But it turned out when I was thrown into it, it's amazing how much you can do if you just do it. Right. So like the pressure's on, Google yeah. 30 weeks was exactly that. It was me just being like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to fucking figure it out. Um, and there were times where I'm not going to lie. Like I was, I would sit there and like stress cry. I was like, Oh my God, what is happening? What uh. did I get myself into? But at the same time, like, See, I'm such a I pansy. That's like, that's like bad vibes to me. And I like, don't want that, but I need to get over that. I need to just stress. Yeah. Cry. I think I need to like well, come to terms no. with the fact that you're going to be uncomfortable. I've just yeah, gotten too accustomed. Exactly. I've gotten too accustomed to being in control. I think the next part of my career is like learning to be out of control and learning to just like really stretch the notions and put myself in situations well, where I have to like change that, you know, I would think about it differently. It's not that you're putting yourself in situations that are out of control. It's recognizing that you can't be in control of everything and you can control only what you can control. And all of the other variables, that's the exciting educational part that you gain experience from. And that's that's like when you look at the difference between a junior creative and a, a director, the difference isn't much other than maybe taste level because they have, they've developed it over the years. Yeah. But the- I said horrible taste. Like even like, even like two years ago, it was just the hackiest stuff. And I feel like well, now I- it's finally starting to get there only just begun now. But I felt at the time I was like, this is awesome. That sucked. So I feel, <laughs> I feel like I don't trust myself even now that I feel like I do have good taste, you know? I mean, two years from now, I'm going to hate what I did today. You know, right. like it's, that's that's the intent of like you know developing and getting better but the biggest difference between the two is that you're gonna you're gonna see uh the experience and that they and how they ride the wave of things they can't control yeah so like a junior is gonna see like all of this shit hitting the fan they're gonna be like oh my god i don't know what to do i'm freaking out like there's so much I have to get done. I'm gonna be up till three a.m. working. Oh my god! Oh my god! Right. Whereas a director is gonna be like, okay, 
we have to get X amount of done by this date. If we start dividing things up in this way, we can we can get it done more quickly, more efficiently. And this is the barest minimum or like the minimum viable product for what we need to be able to do to get it out the door. Right. And it, it's just you're able to control only so much. Yeah. So like with the experience of riding the wave of, of not being in control, you learn how to do that. Yeah. The truth is, is it doesn't matter how fucking successful you are. Imposter syndrome just plagues you. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I, <laughs> I remember my, my like first week at RGA, um, I was freelancing at first and then they hired me later on. Um, but they, I, I'm like s- sitting there doing work and I'm looking around and I just see some of the most incredible design I've ever seen in my career. And yeah. I'm like, and these people who are just so down to earth and so casual about it, they're like, yeah, I just made this banging shit. Like whatever, I'm going to go do more shit and uh, see you later. I'm going to go grab and a I, coffee. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done for like, the day. I'm going to go walk my dog now. Good luck. Right. And it, it, was, it was like nothing for them. They just, they were <laughs> just, just that good. No, I've so been there before. Like, yeah. And so like, I'm, I'm, I'm like in this place and I'm just going, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and the irony is like, um, I guess I kind of came off that way myself because uh, as a freelancer, I was only there for, I was only supposed to be there for a few weeks. Like they just needed me for a quick job. Right. And, um, and I, <laughs> I just like did this thing and I made this deck and I, and this woman walks in and uh, I hadn't seen her before. She was covering for the other design, the other creative director that I was working with. Right. And, um, and I was like, yeah, so I don't, I don't know you, but like, here's my design. Here's what I've done. Uh, I heard your brief. I think your brief is shit. Like I did what you asked me to do, but here's what you should do. Like, here's all the things that I think works better than what you guys gave me. And I was like, take it or leave it. It's like my last week anyway. So have it, have a good time. Bye. And she goes, hold up, hold up, hold up. Who are you? And I was like, uh, I'm a freelancer. My name's Anna Fine. Nice you can't to tell you. me nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, whatever. It's like that Kanye West song. <laughs> Wait till I get my money right. <laughs> you should just constantly sing on this podcast. Like just like little Kanye snippets. Maybe Kanye something crazy? Can... I, could, I could be like a, I think people would see me and be like, he's a very like white kid. Like he's just like, you know, like from like the suburbs and stuff. I can go like word for word bar for bar on tour with like Kanye West, Diddy, Jay-Z. I know so like an encyclopedic knowledge. Okay. I did nothing in high school. I did, <laughs> I did nothing in high school. That was, that was what I, I had a four year master's in hip hop. That's that how that. like when I, I, I interview people like, um, like, you know, like I interviewed some people on like Diddy's team and people were like, how? Cause like I, all they need to do is get in conversations with me for like 10 minutes and they're like, Oh shit. Like this kid, like he knows. You know your shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm a firm believer. Maybe you could like start the podcast with like some, some bars and then like go, and then go do, into do you have a favorite? And a favorite comes, rapper? Yeah. Um, if you, if you had to choose. I, I wouldn't say I have like a favorite, but I will say that, uh, Lil Wayne's Carter th- th- three, like was like, hey, that Mr. was a Carter. Yes, really I, that was my shit. <laughs> yes. I used to love that song. Um, uh, body motherfucker got the heart of a killer young blood and the of the side of religion I love oh my God, that you song you really are good at this yeah wow. and then um 
I'm t- my, me and my friends were delinquents. People think that I'm like some like book, <laughs> like some bookworm. I was like listening to rap music and like you know like driving around. So before this podcast, we talked a lot about um, you know advice for people just coming in. I was saying that you were a design director at RGA and also at Droga Five. And for people not familiar with these agencies, they are just like massive. Like Droga is huge and. I would imagine that you mentored a lot of people during that time. And what is your best advice for people just entering the field? You know, I'm thinking today about people just entering. What's your advice for somebody just starting out? You know, I get asked this question a lot. And like, so I taught, um, I'm on a break right now, but I taught at SVA as well. And a lot of my students would ask me that. I have been asked this question so many times and I still don't think I have a good answer for it. Um, What I will say is... You think you know what you want, but you don't. You think you have an ideal of uh, the life you're going to live, and I promise you that's not what it's going to be. I had a very clear picture of what I wanted to do, and I didn't have the words or the framework to be able to understand how to get there. Um, So twofold. The first is if you have an idea of what you want, even if it's not going to come to fruition, start with reaching out to people who do what you think you want to do. Right. Um, because like, if I, if I could go back, I would reach out to the people I admired most that were doing the things I thought I wanted to do and say like, can you explain to me or like, tell me a little bit more about what you do on the day to day? Because it looks amazing from the outside, but the reality is it's probably very different than what you would think. Right. The, uh, the second part do, things outside of what you think you want. So I had a student who uh, wanted to be a motion graphics designer and I taught interaction design. And the entire time the student was like, just so against doing work in my class. Um, And when I spoke to them, they were like, well, you know, I want to be a motion graphics designer. So like, why would I, why do I care about this stuff? So one of the projects I would give is a a museum assignment and you would have to go to the museum, do research, interview people, come up with some insights. With the insights, you would come up with an idea and then you would build out a product, a digital product based on that idea. Um, And it would be everything but the code. (laughs) Code code was like an extra additive if we have time, but usually that entire process is a a lot. so yeah, it was it was a it's a fun assignment. There's there's some really creative solutions that some of the students came up with over the years. But you know they they really like were against the idea of of doing interaction design. But ultimately, I can't tell you how many times most motion graphics designers do strictly interaction based motion. Right. So like. I kept saying to them, I'm like, you're literally going to be doing this, whether you want to or not. And in order for you to do your job effectively, you need to understand the parameters of interaction design right. so that you can you can be an, an, a valued asset in your job. Right. Otherwise, you're so, going to get fired. I try and tell people this. <laughs> they think I'm joking. They think I'm like trying to be like edgy. I'm like, okay, like you're, you're going to leave here. You're going to barely, just barely get a job. And I'm like the yep. second day... They're either going to have mercy on your soul and fire you in two weeks, or you're going to get let go of the first week. Like, I don't, I don't understand why people are like, yeah, like I'll figure out on the job. Like somebody will look out for me. It's like, no, they won't. There's a CFO no. who has like somebody like, you know, 
right underneath their thumb. And if, and they're looking at the numbers and they're moving the products and they're looking at deadlines and it's, did this person deliver on this deadline or not? Yes or no. Are they a liability? And the second you're a liability, you're out. That's a hard reality that I'm really trying to get to people that are listening to this podcast and in school. That is how it works. And it still works that way. Even when you're almost 30, same shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, so you better be good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're, you're part of a business. You are a bottom line. Yes. What like you're valued on, on a cultural level, on like the social level of the environment. Yes, of course there's value that you bring, right. but from a business perspective, you are a bottom line. Yeah. Here. And that person can move. That person can get let go. That person who was covering for you now doesn't work there and they helped you with your decks yep. and you don't really know how keynote works. And somebody just came to you and they're like, Hey, like in 15 minutes, we need this thing. And you're going to get like found out and you're going to get fired. And I, I'm saying this not to be negative, but saying it to be like, you know, if you're in school and you're like, I'm going to go work at Google and I'll figure it out as I go. And people will teach me. This is kind of what you and I were talking about before this podcast. It's like, there's not really time for that to happen. You need to at least have a baseline where you're an asset to the company. And then we can talk well, about mentorship, right? Yeah. Well, that's so the, like partially there's two things, like partially what we talked about, um, you know, there's not enough hours in the day and there's not enough hours built into a timeline for me as a director to not only do and to, to organize and, and, and structure things in a way that we meet our deadlines, but also teach. Right. Um, ideally, that's how it would be. I would like being a teacher, being a director, I would love to be able to sit there and be like, OK, here's all the things you need to learn. Here's Here we go. White reveals, black conceals, but there's no time. <laughs> there's no time. So a lot of it is like you, the that, actually, you know what, this is the best answer for your question earlier. Bam. I'm going to right here right now. Okay. The best thing that any student and out of just graduated um, student can do is learn how to learn by observing. Yes. So watching what other people are doing, having the wherewithal to like ask questions to someone more senior and say, Hey, I saw you do this thing with this other thing. Can you show me how that's done? Can you explain to me what you did? If you see someone with amazing design, like observe what they're doing, watch the decision-making under listen to what they're saying as they explain the idea and the way they talk about the idea. And then if you have more questions, inquire, talk to them, understand like what, what went into that? Because Honestly, not enough people have the self-initiation of like just wanting to learn. They just expect to be handheld or spoon-fed the answers, and that's yeah. not industry yeah. works. It's not acceptable, and, right? Yeah, right. And that's that's honestly like, again, I I told you I like say yes to things even though I'm not comfortable saying yes. Part of that is because I know. Yeah, I'm not going to be like told how to do the job, but I will learn by observing those who are in that environment and I can I can pick up best practices from my peers. Yeah. I always try and have empathy for people just starting out because, you know, on the one hand, I'm saying like, you know, like you're going to get run over and you're going to get fired because I'm just trying to be real about it. But then I also have empathy because I understand that those people like have not yet had that experience and they came up in this like, you know, they went to high, they went to middle school and then they went to high school and it's like. Like chase your dreams, chase your dreams, and then college, and it's like a little more discipline, a little more stress cries, and but then like, <laughs> but but then like you know you're still going out into like the real world sort of thing. So I have empathy for people that don't like haven't yet had that experience yet. But the self initiation stuff, 
Um, I can't tell you how many times like I've gone to like a college or something and done like a talk and I'm like nobody special, but you know, like I have a podcast that's like starting to get legit and I'm telling them like, you know, I'm an idiot. I made this happen. You can make it happen too. Like it's really easy. If literally anybody in this group of 200 people wants to message me and get involved with this podcast, I will put you on. I will get you exposure. You can put it on your resume hit me up and like no one does no one does no, no one, one does, does. and, and I, I just want to like go back in a time machine and go back on that stage and be like you're all full of shit because you all looked at <laughs> you all looked at me like nodding your head like yeah yeah i do want to do the hustle i do know about gary v i do know about this stuff it's like yeah but like unless you're doing the tangible action and you're the self-initiation you ain't doing shit and for so many people whether it's like the judgment of their others it's like that thing that we talked about earlier about you know people not taking it seriously, but I could literally get in someone's face, scream in their face and be like, this is a viable career. You can go, you could leave work every day and get a brand new pair of Jordans. If you just get your shit together and watch like 10 YouTube videos and really pay attention and have the discipline to learn. And then everyone just wants to cry about it. You know, like it's so annoying. Sorry. Well, the discipline, I'm I'm, I'm yelling, you know what this is? I'm yelling at my younger self right now. That's what it is. Cause it, cause you're, it registers with me. Cause that's how I was. You know, I mean, it, it, the reason I'm able to say this stuff is because I went through it myself, you know, right. like the greatest, the greatest teacher is hard lessons. Right. Yeah. So I, yeah, real life I had, yeah, I, I have, uh, <laughs> I had a, a friend who used to say that, um, I like to it, go through the hard lessons for the story at the end. Yeah. Um, and I definitely have had a few of them. Um, me too. But, but like, it's those failures and those like hard times and those, um, you know, the, the deep, deep seated imposter syndrome that I was experiencing that led to my successes. And part of that also was just like, I was a very young person being put in very experienced situations yeah, and that, and, and as a woman, which is a whole other conversation, but right. to be a young woman in a situation in a, where I'm with a bunch of men who are much older than me and more experienced, right. that is extremely intimidating, but those hard lessons were extremely valuable. Yeah, totally. But, I've used this analogy before and I kind of like make it too long winded, but I think it's a lot like love. It's like getting your heart broken for the first time. Like you can't like explain that to someone. You have to go through it and it sucks. And it's like, you know, you have to learn what not to do and what you don't like to be on a path to where you do like what you're doing. It's, it's totally true. And, and actually that's kind of how I wound up where I am right now with freelancing is like, you have to learn what you don't want to find what you do. Right. And like, it's, it's funny because that might be like the theme of, it, of this podcast, like learning what you don't want to find what you do. Cause I've talked about this now in a few episodes, but that's, that's it. You have to learn, you know, yeah. you have to fail and eat it to be able to get to a place where you can take a momentary deep breath and feel good for a second or two. And then eventually have the feeling escape you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And actually um, it kind of ties into what we were talking about before about the butterfly thing. Yes. Um, oh, the butterfly like, thing. Here we go. Perfect. I love this. 
I didn't get the audio. You, you so set, you so set we, me up. You set me up. Okay, here we go. We're at the butterfly. We have arrived. <laughs> but um, so uh, there's a Thoreau quote that I'm par- going to paraphrase because I I'm terrible at verbatim uh, quoting, but. Uh, basically it, it says that happiness is like a butterfly. When you try to catch it, um, it eludes you, but when you turn away, it lands swiftly on your shoulder. And it's this idea that like, if you know, you, you can work so hard for something and want it so badly, but it, it won't reciprocate, um, until you put your efforts elsewhere and then it just finds you. And that is a hundred percent a theme in my career. Yep. I can't tell you how many times I, I was like, I want this, I want this, I want this, and I'm going to fight for it. And then it just didn't happen. And so I was like, all right, well, I gave it my best. I'm going to try something else. And when you know, it comes right back to me. Like yeah. my job at Anomaly, RGA, and Droga were all of that. Right. Like I wanted to work at Anomaly and I was talking to the recruiter like once a month, hitting her up, being like, hey, still available if you want me, <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. And then, um, and this was like the first time I worked at Anomaly. And seven months later, I was like, okay, I've, I've been doing this for like half a year. Clearly this isn't happening. Like I gave it my best shot. I'm going to start applying elsewhere. Right. And literally the week that I started applying elsewhere, I got a phone call from the recruiter saying, Hey, I've got the perfect job for you. Get in here. And that was it. And I worked at Anomaly. That's Same thing crazy. with RGA. I, I, my, I took a class, uh, at RGA when I, um, for interaction design when I was in school and the, uh, my teacher, he's phenomenal. He, he was the ECD on like the Nike plus stuff. Now he's at Google. He's like an amazing human. I love that Nike uh, plus stuff. Oh yeah. It's I so know good. my branding stuff and, and that's like one, one of my favorites. I love, you know, I like when, it's, when it's Nike classic. gets like, when, when Nike gets like real, real creative, that's like the best shout out. Nike. Oh yeah. More free plugs yeah, so, again, not an ad, but again, Nike hit us up. That's, that's what I'm here for. Hopefully <laughs> Nike and Casper will be like, Oh, this freelance design director is talking about our product in a positive way. Get on in here. Yeah. Uh, Hire her. <laughs> so I was meeting with my teacher and we, he and I like had a conversation and I was like, I would love to work at RGA and he just, and I'm so grateful for him to him for saying this, but he, um, he was like, Anna, you're not, you're not there. Like as personally, as a human, you would fit right in, but your work is not good enough. Yeah. And I was like, and that was like, stab me in the heart, twisted around a little bit. I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I am so grateful that he said that because I like the, my first reaction was ouch. My second reaction was, okay, what the fuck do I need to do to get better? Yeah. And, and I immediately like went into action and I was like, okay, I need to do this and this and this. And I started looking at people whose work that I really admire. And I was like, what do they have that I don't have? And I literally would make a list of what I wasn't good at or like what I wasn't as good at. And yeah. I would be like, okay, I got that. And so because I did that, I was able to get these other jobs that gave me the experience as I did. And then wouldn't, you know, however many years later, a handful of years later, I'm, I post a thing on Snapchat of all things. And I'm like, I'm going freelance again. And, um, <laughs> I get a, I get a message from a friend of mine was like, get in here. You're going to freelance at RGA. And I was like, holy shit. Okay. And then I, I go into RGA and I, I what I was saying earlier, I, I was in this room with this woman who was like, who the fuck are you? Right. And she, she ended up being the head of design. Wow. What, what was her name? 
Chris Kiger. Okay. Um, and she was, she's just so down to earth and like, so nice and sweet. Like you just I assumed had, she was like a normal person. Like, you just assumed she was just like, yeah, but, but also I'm, I'm the person that walked up to Nick law and was like shooting the shit about rugby. So like, I, I've never had a problem walking up to like the top people and just yeah, having yeah, a yeah. conversation. Yeah, Nick's but cool. Like, he, we, we were going to set up a podcast eventually. I think the, he had messaged me and then I think that he like got a new, like, you know, the whole like new changing over sort of thing. Apple, so. yada, yada, yada. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's he's a really cool dude. Cool. Um, now but, I have a connection. I'll be like, listen, Anna Fine says we need to talk. Yeah, well, I would do Anna Fine through Chris Kiger because then he'll yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'll but, make I'll make uh, like a little like a like a, a tree. Di- yeah, yeah a diagram. Um, but yeah, so so she's like, she was like, who the fuck are you? And I was like, well, I'm a freelancer. And she just goes, you are a fearless designer. Like you just came in here and basically just like completely undid everything we talked about but i love it come work for us and i was like did you just offer me a job <laughs> <laughs> and she was like and she did and she offered me a job and that's so, so and it cool was, and that was as simple as that it was just like me being like i don't care what what like what you gave me i'm like you brought me in here to for my expertise my expertise says that what you ask for is wrong here's what i think you should do and that was it that my my POV, like the fact that I just came to the table with a perspective was the, was the only reason I got hired. Yeah. You know, you're uh, freelancing right now at Anomaly in LA, you know, what does the future look like for you? And I would imagine that there's a lot of road in front of you and a lot of options, but when you're at a position that you're at now where you have some agency, I believe I'm using that word correctly. uh, What is your next move and how do you know what's next? That's a really good question. Um, Follow Anna Fine on Working Not Working and LinkedIn. <laughs> Thank she you. Did, yeah, she did not tell me to do this, but, you know, I'm just putting it out there. Um, the truth truth is the reason I'm freelancing is because I'm, I'm, re, I'm figuring that out. So I realized at some point recently that the path I was on was not the one I wanted to be on. And right. I'm now I'm course correcting as far as what the future looks like because of my background being so diverse, I have kind of the pick of the litter, so to speak of like the type of work I get to do. So like right right now I'm doing very campaign related work. My next freelance job is very like brand positioning strategy and like redesign type of work. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm kind of just similar to what you were saying earlier. I'm just, I'm figuring out what I don't want and what, so I can find out exactly what I do want. Right. Um, and I've been having some very tough conversations with myself about like what, where my strengths are and where my weaknesses are and like where, what, what I'm good at, because sometimes I've found that what I'm good at doesn't necessarily align with what I want to do. Right. Um, and so like, there's that whole Japanese um, philosophy, Ikagi, which is like, you know, what you're good at, what you enjoy, what improves the world and kind of like the yeah. diagram middle is what you're supposed to do right. i'm kind of just going through that and figuring that out um, but yeah like I, I, it's exciting because um you know uh there's this there's this fear in your career especially when you start making a decent amount of money right. <laughs> that you're like you, you're stuck in where you are yeah. and um and i was i was there admittedly i was there and if like we're, we can get serious for like two seconds here but yeah. um I had a conversation 
question. Okay, good. <laughs> it's, it's real. Um, I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine and he was like, you know, he's asked, asked me how I was doing and I was telling him about all the things I was doing. And he said, if I, if I may, it, it sounds like you're disappointed in yourself. And I was like, oh my God, you're, you're right. I am. And it, and the disappointment is not because of, I, I mean, I've done a ton of work. I've worked at really amazing places. I've met amazing people. I have a, a whole network of people that I genuinely care about who are super talented. And so like on a, a superficial level, I absolutely had nothing to be disappointed about. Right. But I was in a position where I wasn't, I wasn't truly fulfilled. Right. And, and that's important. That's everything so, really. You know what I mean? No matter what, no matter what you're doing, your own personal fulfillment is everything. I exactly. feel like people have a hard time believing that, but it's true. Like I always had it. Like if I didn't have to worry about money, then I wouldn't have all of the stress and anxiety. And I'm by no means in a place of like financial freedom. I don't even think like if I would have a kid, like if I would have, I would have like enough like money to do that. But I'm at a place in my life where I'm like, there are no real like economic problems that I'm facing and I feel like I'm making enough money that I can for the first time in my life you know I kind of joked around about before like I could finally breathe but yeah it's like you have you have to be happy and and if you're not happy the the money's not going to like fill that in for you it just makes it yeah. like you know you could just buy more shit and have you know you know do a, l a little more like impulse shopping on Amazon or like buy a new car but like if you're not really fulfilled in your day-to-day -day life and I feel like sometimes an agency, and tell me if you agree, it seems like the way you're saying, sometimes a job could be everything that it should be and be a great company. Like I know, I love Droga 5, like it's great. I would work at Droga 5 like tomorrow for the right opportunity kind of thing. But like, you know, sometimes that place is perfect, but it is not your place. And it's like, you ha exactly. I think that you have to like, and no matter what, you know, people think like, oh, like they're in a director position, they're making all this money. So like clearly like, you know, all their ducks are in a row. It's like, that's not, it's not even remotely true from all the people that I've talked to. And sometimes you need to really yeah. stretch all the notions of what you can do because like, I'm a little bit like morbid in this way, but I feel like it sheds light on like what real life is. And like, you're gonna be, best case scenario, you're gonna be like a hundred years old reflecting back on your life. That's best case scenario, which is not the case for most people, but you're going to need to think about like your own happiness and fulfillment and like, you know, what you checked for yourself, not for the position, not for the job, but like, you're going to have to think about like, what kind of legacy did I build? What, what did I do? Was I happy? You get in a position where you have a little bit of like golden handcuffs, right? Where yeah. it's like, you're, you're making a certain amount of money and you're like, shit, do, do I really give this up? Yeah. But like you must have made a guap at Droga Five. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Don't worry. You're good. You're good. Um I think it it just um it, you know how do I phrase this? Droga Five is an incredible company and it's incredible because the people who work there are exceptionally talented, exceptionally good people. Right. And that's why I worked there for two years. It was an amazing experience. Um but I just got to a point where I was doing a certain type of work that I, it just, it didn't fulfill me in the way that I wanted to. And I think the best part of my day, honestly, at Droga was being a manager, yeah. um, like, and, and working with, uh, more, the more junior talent, like they, they were, that was, that was the best part of my day. Yeah. Uh, everything else. Was That's like, the teacher okay. in you. That's the, the empath yeah. in you. Yeah. You can't get rid of that. Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah. I care too um, much. My dad's a pastor. I have that same thing. I'm like, I'm like a shepherd. Like everybody needs to be like, you know, that's like the podcast. There's a lot, you know, a yep. psychologist would have a field day with the fact that like my dad's a, pa <laughs> my dad's a pastor. He led people to Jesus. I lead people to, you know, <laughs> Google and Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm an, I'm an empath though. That's like where this podcast comes from. I mean, you definitely seem like you're that same person and you want to like help people learn and grow. Yeah, Maybe, absolutely. Do you ever think about, and I'm glad I, that we're that we're getting close like this because I could ask the questions like this because I don't normally Perfect. ask people stuff like this. But like, did you ever get to a place where you just thought about? Because I would imagine like myself, like I feel right now, like it, it, where I'm at, like if I wasn't gonna have kids, I would just continue to do what I'm doing and like stay home and watch TV and play video games and like have this podcast and DJ and just live that kind of carefree life. Did you ever have like a dream? whether it be like an RGA at like Joga five to just like take your money and go like move somewhere and then like never work again. Or is that not in you? Are you the kind of person that's like you, you would go to that Island and after like the second week you'd be on a flight back with a job at a huge agency. You're that person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, so, <laughs> I think I am too. I, I like to think I could do that, but I, I don't think I could. I don't know. I definitely romanticize the idea. Like I, or Maybe fetishize is the word. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I literally think about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I just I want to move to like Tuscany and just like open up a bakery or something and just like never think about this stuff again. Right. But the reality is after like two months of that, I'd be like, OK, so I'm going to rebrand my bakery. I'm going to work with the local <laughs> businesses. I'm going to re-strategize all of their brand positions. We're yeah. going to be great. Like I just I would immediately go back into my old mode because yes. I just I. I can't sit still. Right. Um, I I have to be in motion, and uh, so yes, I do. I do fantasize about that, but in a that would be nice, but it's not me kind of way. Now you're kind of like in a position where you're sort of like kind of like recalibrating like what you want to do next. But do you also, and the other side of that coin, do you want to do make some like you know some like Nick Law type moves like go out there and do some like crazy big like pro like like Get real, yeah. real over your head. Is that something that you're you're entertaining? Absolutely. Are you, are you taking meetings with people that could like take over the world? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yes, in in a matter of speaking, I've had yeah. some, I've, since uh since I left Droga, um, I took a few weeks to just kind of like de-stress, like focus on myself, you know, recalibrate, as yes. you said. Um, and then plan. like, it was so, dude, it was so crazy. I, <laughs> I took those few weeks and the day that I was like, okay, open up my computer time for me to start looking for freelance work and maybe like figure out what I'm going to do within two hours of my, just like opening up my email. Right. I was booked from that day until February. Oh my Like God. I literally just, I, it was like, bam, 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 bam one after the other. And I, I like, first of all, that is humbling and extremely <laughs> flattering. But like the other thing it was, it was, it was like, because I've worked at something like nine agencies, several startups. I've right. worked in VC. I've worked in like, I've worked in like any kind of pocket between uh, advertising and technology. I have worked in it. Yeah. And I had, so I've had, I have a, a, a large network that, um, gratefully came to my aid in the two hours that I was looking <laughs> for work because liter literally every single place I've ever worked reached out to me and said, 
get in here. That's amazing. And I had my pick of the litter. And it, it, it was, it was completely amazing. And I, like I said, it was a humbling experience because, you know, we, we've, we kind of t- briefly talked about it, but like this imposter syndrome thing, mm-hmm. you know, like there, there comes a point when you're like you, you, when you are recalibrating there, you question yourself, right? right. Like it's, it's only, it's human. It's natural to do that. You say, right. okay, it, because I made the wrong move, like, am I good? Am I bad? Like, did I like, did I fuck myself over in future? Like, what mm. what is happening right now? Right. Um, and I'm not the type of person to dwell on that. Like, I I spent probably a good few days in that. And then I was like, okay, that door is shut on to the next thing. And I didn't, I haven't looked back since. Yeah. Um, but, like, that definitely played into it, right? Like, where I, I was like, okay, now I have, I have my whole network reaching out to me and, and validating me externally. Right. And, and like, feel good. yeah, it does. Yeah. It really does. That's crazy. Um, yeah. I spoke one time with, uh, James Arsini, who was, uh, who's now the president of the Sacha group, but he was like the right hand man to Gary Vaynerchuk. And really, uh, he helped found Sachi and Sachi and, uh, also VaynerMedia. I mean, like he, Think about that. Like he was the guy who like brought up from the ground floor, Sachi and Sachi, and then later in his career went and like basically helped to start up like, you know, and get VaynerMedia on the spectrum to what it is now. And it's like, he said that there are more, like if you go and contact any person that he's worked for, he has the like respect and the trust of all of those people. And he has done a thousand different things, all of them on a huge massive scale but every single person in his Rolodex would say, James Orsini is a good guy. And he was like, that is what, as a young creative, you should hope to do. It's like, no matter what you do, make sure you're not fucking over the people that are, that are helping get you there. Because um, yeah. it's, it's all well, kind of like a, a ladder, you know? It's funny because I'm, I'm a very strong personality. I've, I'm very, uh, at times, bullheaded. Um, yeah, I could imagine. And- I would not want to fuck with you. I feel like you would be like, <laughs> not, not for play. People are probably yeah. really intimidated. There's probably people that have worked for you and never said hi to you. I feel like that's it's possible. Do you think that's possible? Actually, yes. Yeah. Yes, but I'm usually the one that says hi because I'm like, I see you. You can't get away from me. Hello. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, so I'm, I'm a very strong personality. I obviously am very decided in like the way that I work because I, I put in so much thought into everything I do. So like if, if you're going to tell me I'm wrong, I need you to convince me why I'm wrong. Like right. there's a there's a lot of like, uh, that type of mentality. So s- some people, it has completely rubbed people the wrong way. I've been fired from jobs for that very reason. Um, but in, in the, in the, like people who reached out to me, right. one of the, like the job I was fired from, they also reached out to me. They're wow. like, come back. So like it, it doesn't always like you, ha- I, I think you've actually mentioned this on your podcast before. Like you have to, have a certain, like you have to be in, have a, a, your integrity no matter what, because right. like you'll find your path based on that. But like, even with all of the, the like integrity that I have in like staying true to myself, it's never an easy ride. And right. so like it, it does rub people the wrong way, but at the same time, people trust that they know exactly what they're going to get from me. Exactly. And that's, and that's why I had the incredible, um, you know, re, uh, reaction that I did to, to me going freelance again. Yeah. That's so, so crazy. Yeah. 
to quote James again, James is like really great. He talks about, uh, I'll, I'll introduce you to you guys if you get along great. You guys are great. very ambitious. You might take over the world if I introduce you. It would be like worlds collide sort of thing. <laughs> um, but he also, you know, he talked about the role of consistency and, you know, that he's a chief, he was a chief operations officer at VaynerMedia and then is now overseeing the Sasha group and overseeing just a lot of people as well. And he said the biggest thing that he's looking for when building a team is consistency. And like he tells like his own children, he's like, I want consistency. If you're going to be a B student, then be a B student. Don't give me A and then F and then C and then D and A. It's like be a B student, like be what you are and be consistent in what you offer and what you offer. Because that's what people want to know. They want to know that when you're in a, in a room with them, how are you going to handle yourself? Are you going to be consistent? Are you sporadic? Are you somebody who's going to, you know, like all of a sudden the yeah. meeting's going well and you decide that you're going to be cute that day and screw up the entire thing? Like you have to be consistent in what you're offering and what you're offering has to be good. And I was like, damn, yeah. I'm telling that's you. so real. Yeah. That's so real. Shout out James Orsini. They call him, they literally call him Jimmy the Pencil because he's just like an operations guy who can make literally anything happen. It's incredible. That's, I, I want a badass nickname like that. I've never had a nickname because my, my, my last you gotta, name you is You have just to like... start an advertising agency. You can't be a design director. You got to be out there. Just <sighs> I like know. From the ground up. Real quick, just like while we're talking about James, Hope, I feel like he'll probably be okay with me sharing the story being in limbo kind of talk that we were having before about kind of like not knowing he was like working in walls. This whole, this has become like a James Orsini podcast, but this all ties in so well with what we're talking about. It's like weird. Uh, he worked, I think for Goldman Sachs and was like working on wall street again, had everything going for him. He was a finance guy. He was like, you know, like well-respected by his peers. And then he had a phone call with, um, one of the, forgive me for not knowing the name, but one of the guys who was like starting up Sachi and Sachi, which they had not, nothing. They had nothing to show for it. But like he was in a position where he wasn't fulfilled and he had checked the box and was like, had already lived this one life and done everything that he wanted to in that life. And then somebody comes on a whim and says, I'm going to start this company. We have nothing to show for it. But if, if you trust me, I will make you the chief financial officer of Sachi, of what would then become Sachi and Sachi. And they made... Um, offices around the globe and it was all predicated off of like I want something new I'm going to try this thing and I'm going to see what what can become of it and he brought forward yep. his best self and made one of the most like well-known advertising agencies like in the world and then did it but, again which is crazy but the thing is is like <laughs> with things like that with what he did and then like not on the same level but what I'm doing you have to be okay with failure. Yeah. Like you absolutely have to be okay with betting on yourself and betting and trusting that you will do whatever you have to do to make it work. Right. Because I, I have, I've had so many people when I told them that I, I was leaving Droga and that I didn't have any plans for what I was going to do. They were like, are you stupid? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, why would you do that? Right. You, you obviously should stay at your job until it's you find five. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's an incredible agency and, and I, and I was like in a good position. Like, let's right. be honest. I was, a, I was a director at a great agency. Like there could not be a better position. It's funny because like when I look back, RGA was the place where I found myself as a designer, as a design director. Right. And Droga was the place I found out what was and was not working for me right. and like, and both were extremely valuable and I wouldn't tra change that for the world.
That's like amazing. for sure. I love that. This has been so great. This is, I say yes. it every time, but I think this is the best podcast I've ever done. Uh, officially, <laughs> officially. It's because we're best friends now. You can't move. You legitimately, you cannot move to LA. We need you here back in New York. Come back. Well, I'll be, I'll be back in New York in a few weeks and, uh, and we'll, we'll get those drinks and I'll meet your wife and we'll shoot the shit. That sounds great. Where can people find you online? You have an awesome Instagram handle. Oh, thank you. Do people, uh, yeah. do people ask you to girls name Anna Fine, like DM you and try and be like, Hey, like, is this available? I would imagine Anna Fine is uh, a sought, sought after Instagram. It, I actually haven't. I usually get DMs that are like, Hey, if you were a fruit, would you be a fine apple? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's usually what I get. But, uh, yeah. Um, my Instagram handle is just my name, Anna fine. Um, my Twitter is some fine tweet. Okay. Um, and, uh, that's, good. that's a good handle I, too. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, uh, my website is password protected, so I wouldn't like, cause I have work I can't show, but I do show my work like in my Instagram stories and on Twitter and stuff. So cool. yeah. I'm excited. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you're, you for having you're me. definitely, this is not going to be the last time that we talk. We're going to catch up. I hope this not. Is, this is, no, I'm saying on the, on the show, though. I, I think that it would be really fun to check back in whenever you're uh, doing your thing. This is going to be good. People are going to Let's... fucking love this episode, by the way. People love when it's, like, all over the place and, like, you know, we get, like, quote-unquote real. We did that today, for sure. Thank you again. All right. We'll be in touch. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Who's been asking about me? In case you're wondering. Yeah, I'm right chair in my chair with my crown and my dear Queen B as I share my time with my ear Young Carter, go farther, go further, go harder Is that not why we came? And if not, then why bother? Show no mercy in Marcy, your loggers I'm far from being the bastard that Marcy had fathered Now my name's being mentioned with the martyrs The Biggies and the Pox and the Marlies and the Marcuses Garvey got me a Molotov cocktail Flow even if you box well, can't stop the blow Thanks for listening to this episode of Meet the Creatives. If you enjoyed it, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Make sure you're following along on Instagram, Meet the Creatives NY. And thank you again to my partner, KEH, for making this possible. Use the code ROBJ11 to save 5% off your first purchase at KEH.com.